welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, and as always, I'm joined by Al Sinalitha. Al, how the heck are you today? I am doing pretty peachy, actually. Peachy keen today. It's a good weekend. That's very nice. We are also joined this week by one Adriel Munger, who works behind the scenes, uh, helping out the podcast and the new Champions Cast Facebook team. Adriel, how are you? I am doing well. I'm so, so excited to be here. Thanks for uh, having I'm, me. Yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that we were finally able to get you on the show. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's funny because when we were first looking for people to kind of help up behind the scenes and, uh, and we started talking, I was like, I know I know you from somewhere. And uh, it turns out that that you are also a fan of the virtual theater podcast, Cheap Plug. Isn't isn't that right? Oh, yeah. I love I love the virtual theater podcast. <laughs> so the question has to be asked. Which one did you start listening to first, Champions Cast or virtual theater? Champions Cast, definitely. Definitely. And then I got on the Andy train, and I was like, I'll check <laughs> this one out. Nice. <laughs> the Andy train. Love it. Oh, man. Um so yeah, as I was alluding to at the beginning of the show here, uh, Adriel helps with our new Facebook page, which we just launched last week. So a lot of people have flocked over to that already. And uh, we're going to encourage you to flock over and give it a like and a follow as well. That is uh, Facebook over on um, the Champions Cast. We'll have that linked in the episode description here. By the time that you are listening to this, I will have a post up on Facebook only on Facebook, not on Discord, not on Twitter, nowhere else except for Facebook, and it is going to be an AMA post. And you can ask us anything. You can talk about Zelda, you can talk about Nintendo, you can ask questions about whatever you want, silly, serious, doesn't matter. Ask them only over on Facebook, and your question will be answered in next week's show. So next week is a Champions Cast Facebook AMA. Get your questions in. We will do our best to uh, to answer every single one of them that we get. Tell your friends to go over to Facebook and give it a like, ask a question, and they can be a part of the show. So uh, there's our first plug for our Facebook page, but by God, it probably won't be our last. Um, <laughs> but let's get this show today going. We have a fun episode that we are going to talk about, and we're going to be talking all about stealth gameplay in the Legend of Zelda series. This came up... Uh, I think it came up just in a casual conversation in our Discord a couple a couple weeks ago, maybe. Uh, and I think we were t- kind of making fun of, like, Metal Gear Solid and talking about how cool that would be as a Zelda game. And so, you know, we decided to actually just, like, hone in and really examine how the Zelda series uses stealth and, uh, and those elements in, you know, in the series as a whole. Because it does it probably more than we think. And uh, this conversation really got kickstarted when we had the debate over Forsaken Fortress a couple weeks ago. So uh, I'm ready to just dive in and, you know, we'll talk about all the sneaky stuff in the Zelda series. We're going to go down, kind of list off all the examples, uh, give our give our thoughts, give our memories, and uh, take you take you on a ride through all of the uh, through all the stealth segments in the Legend of Zelda series. So are you guys ready to get sneaky? Oh, I'm so ready. I'm I'm one of those people who didn't think that there was much stealth in Zelda, but I, I'm excited about this list because I was proven wrong. So, I'm ready. Yes. Totally. So in my mind, there's two different kinds of stealth, and um, Zelda more so gears 
to the first kind, which is like, you have to do a stealth mission, and if you're caught, then you immediately restart, and you, like, have to basically do the whole thing over again. The second stealth, which is more like a Metal Gear Solid thing, is, like, you're encouraged to sneak past all your enemies, but if they catch you, then things just really go wrong, and you have, like, swarms of enemies that are all over you. So I, I feel like Zelda more so like kind of slants towards if you're if you're caught you have to restart but there are some examples of the uh of the latter as well but i think that we should probably start where the debate really got going and go back to the forsaken fortress from the wind waker um allison and i have kind of given our opinions on the forsaken fortress uh adriel what where do you weigh in on this and in, in particular the first time that you go and you have no sword and you got to sneak by all of the moblins and stuff like that what, what are your thoughts about this <laughs> well, I actually just replayed um, The Wind Waker uh, over quarantine when I was really bored one of these nights and I pulled out my GameCube because I still have the GameCube version. Um, my old Wii is at my mom's house back in South Dakota, so I don't have access to that. Um, but um, yeah, I actually liked it so much more than I remember. I remember hating the stealth sections when I was a kid. Like, I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but there, there are some in Ocarina of Time, and there are lots of... I, I remember not liking them at all, but I really, really enjoyed it this time. I think maybe after playing Breath of the Wild, I had a new appreciation for it. I have to ask a follow-up question there. How did you enjoy sailing in the GameCube version <laughs> of The Wind Waker? You know, I, <laughs> I don't know any better, so I think that... Yeah, I'm. I'm used to. I'm used to it. That's just part of the whole situation. I've never played the HD version, um, so it's you know, I, it's. If I don't know any better, then I, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Then what are you missing, okay. really? Totally. Uh, that pacing, five out of five. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. You know, I was um, when I was replaying. I was in the same boat as you. Actually, I had never played Wind Waker HD, and Allison was was kind of you know barking at me to play the the hd version that i would like it more than the gamecube version which is kind of like a middle of the pack zelda for me so i finally did and uh you know we we did a couple of shows on that so you can go back and hear our thoughts there but um i was really surprised like you said how much i enjoyed the forsaken fortress because like you know it, it's just so different and there's something um, yeah, I mean, first of all, the aesthetic of the fortress itself, it's like this dark, creepy tower that you're sneaking around, and you've got, like, the spotlights going everywhere, the giant moblins, and, like, Link is so small in this game, and, like, kind of the, the comicalness of, like, hiding under the barrel and then moving, it's, like, right out of a Looney Tunes cartoon, mm -hmm, but, mm -hmm. you know, I was, I was really surprised how much I enjoyed that particular segment of the game, like, um, it, it wasn't really... You know, we were kind of talking about it being a dungeon a couple weeks ago. It's not, like, it's not the best uh, opening sequence in terms of, like, you know, showing you how to, you know, the skills that you're going to use for the rest of the game. But just as, like, a, a standalone segment, I, I really enjoy just, like, sneaking around and kind of outthinking all of the, the like, different mechanisms and the moblins and stuff in this um, in this fortress. And I and I think that the payoff is pretty cool, too, like, when you just get absolutely obliterated by the, uh, the Helmarok King at the end. Uh, I really liked that, but... Yeah, I, I was in the same boat. I was like, I didn't really have fond memories of the Forsaken Fortress other than Link getting shot from a cannon and splattering against the wall. But I was like really pleasantly surprised when I replayed it uh, a couple weeks ago. 
Now, Allison, I know that you are not a fan of this, um, but I know that that's more so bred from speedrunning. Do you like the actual, like, sneaking around kind of bits, or is this, like, just not your jam at all? Well, so, yeah, I was just thinking that I was going to speak from my experience as a kid playing this game instead. So, I don't know if anybody remembers the demo version that came with the collector's edition of uh, Zelda with the GameCube, but that's what we played. And the stealth portion was one of, like, the three areas you could do for the demo. You got, like, 20 minutes. And right, so I remember, right. like, my brothers and I, we would kind of race each other in that to see who could get through the Forsaken Fortress faster. But we still had to sneak around, and it made it kind of slow. And it was, like, it was kind of fun. We made a game out of it about who would not get caught, you know, because if you got caught, you lost some of your time on the demo, um, having to try and break out of the jail. But I, I think the concept is really cool. I like sneaking around under the barrels, and I like how scary it is when – a moblin kind of senses that you're there and they like they like spin around really quick and the music gets all tense and stuff. I I thought it was a lot of fun. Just because I don't do it anymore cuz I speedrun doesn't mean I don't like that concept. It's just that I don't do it anymore. <laughs> you know, what? before we continue to, I think that we should take kind of a quick poll here. Um before we started recording, I was talking about like there's a new Metal Gear Solid collection coming out and I was like kind of jazzed about that. Do, do you guys just, like, like those kind of stealthy games in general? Like like a Metal Gear Solid or, like, a Splinter Cell or something like that? Are you guys fans of those kinds of games? Like, I am, but what about... Um, I would say... Uh, I'd, I don't really play those games, but I, I always do a stealth character in, like, Skyrim or RPGs like that, where you kind of get to choose your your trade and your skills and i always do stealth in games like that so i do like stealth in games a lot generally i don't uh it's not my go-to which is kind of why i appreciate that zelda often forces you to do stealth missions like before you can continue on because that's not something that i normally would uh choose to do like i, I used to find them really stressful and sort of annoying um when it was like why can't i just like beat the crap out of these people you know <laughs> but um now I'm starting to to appreciate them because they it really changes the whole dynamic of the trajectory of the game so I, I'm starting to enjoy them now as I'm uh as I'm growing up you know okay so I, I feel like we're kind of coming in with uh with a bunch of unique different perspectives here it's funny that we're doing the stealth episode um this week actually because cheap plug I'm playing uh, Metroid Zero Mission for the Omega Metroid podcast, and I'm in uh, the area where you don't have your power suit and you got to sneak around. So nice. it was very, like, very reminiscent and very topical for what we're talking about today. Um, so yeah, let's let's continue jumping around the Legend of Zelda series here. I'm just gonna pick some of these out in no particular order, and we can just give our thoughts about them. Um, Adriel, the one that you were very like adamant about that we cover is it's not the biggest stealth section in the series, but perhaps it is the most iconic. Uh, of course, this is the Castle Guard segment in the beginning of Ocarina of Time when you're sneaking in to see Princess Zelda and you got to run past all of the different guards. And, uh, you know, not, not an in-depth segment, nothing really, you know, it, it's, not, it's not too complex. You literally just have to run by them and, and not be seen. But, like, this really is, like, truly an iconic, like... Little little section of this game, and it's and it's pretty cool to see it like recreated in Animal Crossing and all that stuff. But you know, mm -hmm. this is this is really, I guess, the first instance of stealth in the Legend of Zelda series, is it not? I, as far as I know, it is. Um, I could be totally wrong about that, though. Feel free to 
feel free to challenge that. Um, but I, uh, I, this was my first um, foray into stealth ever when I was a kid, and I was I was like paralyzed. I feel like it took me forever to get past this section, which is yeah. crazy because it's like so it's not a big deal now. And the stakes are so low. Like what I've learned as I've played more and more games is that like so many stealth sections feel really high stakes. Like you, you, if you mess up, like you are going to get pulverized, you know, and like blood's going to splatter everywhere, <laughs> something depending on the game. But this game, I mean, there's, they'll just catch you and they'll like blow like a very polite whistle and like kick you out. It's like not a big deal, but it's, it felt so stressful at the time. And so that's always what I think of when I think of stealth, especially in Zelda. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a short section. It's easy to get through if you know what you're doing. Um, I really enjoy it. I really enjoy it because of that. I was, uh, I was pretty much the same when I was a kid with that section. Cause it like, it feels super intense but when you get older and you play it again when you're older you're just kind of like wow I could literally just run in front of all these guys and, <laughs> and nobody <Yeah>. sees me <laughs> yeah but when you're a kid you're like literally like walking behind them trying really really hard not to get caught and it's slow and it takes a while so I, I totally like I, I feel you on that I remember it being super stressful and thinking that I was just done if I got caught Right. And it's something that like as a kid, like it feels very real, like sneaking around adults and tr like trying not to get caught. And like if they catch you, it's not like a huge deal, but like it's scary and embarrassing and you have to start over that like that feels very real when you're a kid. <laughs> I'm just like smiling thinking about this because like the stakes are apt for being, you know, uh, a kid that's the same age as Link, you know? Yeah, man, for sure. the, the choice word there was embarrassing. And, and you know what? This it's such a simple it's such a simple little section it's not very long but like I'll kind of give you another perspective um, from my experiences with this so for 2018 and 2019 I was playing Ocarina of Time at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon and um, the the absolute worst thing that you can do when you're playing this is get caught in this opening section and like <laughs> it it probably only sets you back like a minute or two but it's so embarrassing because at at this point you're pretty much neck and neck with everybody else right. Um, nobody's really pulled away at this point. So like, if you get caught, it's so deflating, it's so embarrassing. And it's just like, it's the worst, it's the worst feeling ever. So yeah, this one, you know, it's not like, it's not the most in-depth stealth segment in the series by any means, but it's, you know, it's, it's probably up there, if not at the, the very top with just the most recognizable. And, uh, at least to me, it, this is probably my favorite of all the stealth sections in, in Zelda. So yeah, this was this is a great pick. I'm glad that you that you championed this one. Um, <laughs> let's continue actually to talk about uh, Ocarina of Time here and go over to the Gerudo training grounds. Um, this is kind of uh, it's it's a lot more in depth, and if you get caught, you're immediately sent back to jail. Which actually I love. I love that you are just put in this jail that you have to break out of. Um, this is another one that when you're playing, like you absolutely just do not want to get caught. It's embarrassing when you get caught. I like that you can at least stun all of the different guards and you can run into the different rooms, but there's something about like doing um, the training grounds to me. That's just like, it's, it's very much more so like I bite my nails doing it more so than even in the forsaken fortress where it seems like you just have a lot more room to move around. Whereas like in the Gerudo training grounds, it's like very narrow hallways, very, very tight corridors. And like 
there could be uh, a guard around the corner at any time. And like the other thing that, that really always kind of gets me thinking is like you shoot them with an, with an arrow, but then you don't know exactly how long they're going to stay down for. And the worst thing you can do is shoot a guard. And then she pops back up and catches you and and jails you. Uh, This is, this is again, one of my, one of my favorite stealth sections in Zelda. I know big surprise it's coming from Ocarina of Time, but I think that it was done like really, really well. Uh, And it, and it helps too, that you get to listen to, um, Gerudo value while you're while you're doing oh, this so yeah. that is yeah true. this is this is a great segment i think i think one of the reasons it might be it might be even scarier and like you feel more invested in it than the the castle guards is because it's a maze like if you don't know what you're doing and going through the training grounds and you're just kind of getting lost and then you get caught and thrown in jail you're like i have to go through all that again because i don't know if i remember which room i've been in or which carpenter i've uh freed or whatever so it feels it feels a little bit more like you're actually losing something when you get caught because you just have to it's literally starting over when you probably don't know where you're going yep yep yeah I agree for with that. sure yeah it's um it's it's also like it it's again the stakes feel like higher because they're gonna like put you in jail and they're like and then you have to shoot them and there's like different there's different elements where it's like i guess sort of mechanically it's similar to the beginning section but it's i mean it feels so much different i still i mean i play the game once every couple years and i never know what i'm doing at this part i'm always like okay what who do i i feel like all of the guards take different amounts of time to pop back up so i don't know it's just it's it feels more stressful but i i do enjoy it uh, you know what is the most stressful? So at, at one point, I think when you the last the last carpenter is behind um, a door that's like the door is basically out in the open, and there's a guard standing directly in front of it, and you have to go and either shoot her from the side or like be far away enough to shoot her. That always stressed me out like a ton because you're you come out from one entrance and you're in like the main Gerudo Valley. Uh, area and there's that guard in front of the door and then there's a guard like walking um like kind of patrolling right in front of you you never know where she is it's like very it's very like nerve-wracking to me and that's uh it's always stood up as one of my one of my favorites um it's not like it's not part of the stealth uh, aspect of this either but i always did love that you could go back and get the ice arrows too which really have no mm-hmm. purpose in ocarina of time but they're like pretty cool to have so yeah. this uh, yeah this then again is like up there with one of my favorites um, I'm gonna. I want to talk about one of the ones that is not my favorites, though, and that <laughs> is in Majora's Mask, where they basically reuse this exact same concept at the Pirate Fortress, and I I think that it doesn't work for me because um, the main Pirate Fortress is it's a lot more open. It's a bigger open area, at, at least the base of it, and um, it just feels like it's so much easier to avoid the guards. Uh, there's a lot of hookshot spots where you can just like propel yourself upwards and like you don't even have to worry about like running into the guards but I think that the biggest defender for this section for me at least in the 3d version is that you can see the the ghost of the royal guard who when you give a potion to will give you the stone mask and like if you put the stone mask on nobody sees you at all ever so like completely deflates the point of, of being sneaky in this section so I think that like, I think that like the idea, you know, was was executed really well in Ocarina of Time. But and for the most part in Majora's Mask, I feel like they reused a lot of the ideas that Ocarina of Time did, but like, in really creative ways. 
This one was actually a little bit of a miss to me, especially in the 3D version where you could basically just cheese your way through with the stone mask. What do you guys think about this? Allison? Um, I kind of agree with you. I, I, I guess I, I, did, I didn't like the water aspect of it. Um, except in the N64 version, swimming is so much fun, so I guess I didn't care in that version. But in the 3D version, uh, it wasn't as bad. It wasn't as scary. It wasn't. It didn't feel like I was really doing much stealth as compared to Ocarina of Time. Um, but I do like the whole hornet thing when you knock down the nest. I thought that was always really clever and kind of cool. Um... And then something that's not really about stealth at all is why the heck do they put fish in those tanks when you're trying to <laughs> bottle the, the, <laughs> the eggs? And yeah. I, I know I, I ranted about this when we talked about it, you know, a couple months ago. But I got a fish and I got all the way back to the lab and I had to go back into the fortress to get the dang egg. <laughs> Anyways, um, about the stone mask, though, I think it, it only really matters if you knew that it was there because I didn't know that it was there. And I know a lot of people who play the 3DS version don't know that it's there either because it used to be in a different spot in the N64 version. Right. So that whole cheese thing, I get it, but it's like it's only if you know it's there. Yeah, I don't. I guess so. I, I this section is is so forgettable to me, and I'm not really sure why. I think that it's because it like at the point in the game when it comes, it's. I, I feel like I'm sort of like on a different like I'm on this other momentum it doesn't feel like a stealth mission it doesn't feel like um I don't know it, it doesn't feel like it has my full focus I think you're right because it's sort of easier to sneak around in it and it's also like there's just a lot going on in Majora's Mask and so this just doesn't feel like um you know a point of focus I always forget that it's there I actually I think that it's overshadowed too by so I think that there's four eggs in the pirate fortress and then there's three in the uh, the Great Reef, and I think that the Great Reef like really overshadows this. It, it's so much cooler. You have like the uh, the cute seahorses that are in love that you're trying to reunite, and like it's just this really cool like spire in the ground, and you go down. And there's all these like cool Mario sixty four like eels and stuff like that. To me, that's like a really memorable part of Majora's Mask, and I I just feel like it really does overshadow this um, particular stealth part of the game. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. It's like, it's not bad. It's, it's okay. I mean, I, I get what you're saying about the mask, um, Allison, but like, if you know that it's there, then, you know, you're, you're going to breeze through this in no time flat. Yeah. Um, also, if you made it all the way back with a fish instead of an egg, that's definitely your fault. I know. That's, that's, that's <laughs> nobody else's fault, but your own. Well, it's Nintendo's fault for putting fish in that tank. <laughs> no, that's Allison's fault for Yo, scooping I, up a fish. I did it too. I did it too. Yes! Though. See? I'm not, it's not just me. <laughs> I, 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 I don't think so. I think that uh, Adriel is just saying that to make you feel better. Uh, you know what? That's fine, Adriel. I like you. So. <laughs> Yo, I'm trying to get right. good. Uh, let's let's continue here and let's talk about um, actually one of my low key favorites. When uh, when I was compiling this list together, I forgot actually how much I enjoyed the Yiga Clan hideout from Breath of the Wild. Yes. Um, this is like this is awesome. First, it's awesome because like I just love the gimmick of like how the Yiga are like like basically like they have a Donkey Kong stash of bananas in their <laughs> in their yeah. warehouse, and I yeah. I think that that's really great. Um, and, and I liked it just because, like, it was something to do before the Divine Beast. And unfortunately, when I played Breath of the Wild, I picked uh, Divine Beast Naboris to be my first one. 
So before I got there, I had to complete the Yiga Clan hideout, and I was just like, okay, cool, like, there must be something like this before every Divine Beast, and that's not really the case, this is kind of unique to uh, Niboris, so I was, I was a little bit disappointed that the rest of them didn't have, like, mm. a, like another kind of quest like this to lead up to, to the actual Divine Beasts, but I thought that this one was really cool, again, um, the, the clan members are very threatening, and the, and the most threatening part, I think, is, like, when you get caught and they're raising their sword, it's like very slow and very creepy. Um, I will say that I hated the Master Koga battle, though. I didn't like Aww. that at all. That was not a good oh, uh, cap to this. Uh, you know, the thing about Koga is that he was just like, he was such a goofball. And I feel like he should have been maybe portrayed a little bit more serious. And like, uh, maybe he should have been a more constant threat in the game and not like, not like dealt with again like i i picked this one first so like he was done within the first 20 hours of breath of the wild for me right so like mm -hmm. i i think i would have liked it a little bit more if he was kind of a, a lingering presence and like a little bit more of a threat almost in like almost in like kind of a zant role um to me but i guess that that's not really pertinent to the actual like fun part of this such as sneaking around the yiga clan hideout um adriel what do you what do you think about this part i loved this part i uh, um I also did um, this Divine Beast first when I, uh, well, long story short, I played a little bit of Breath of the Wild on a friend's Switch before I actually got my own and played the whole game myself. And so I was just like running through, like trying to get as far as I possibly could over Christmas break a couple of years ago. And so I remember just like, like blazing through and like trying to get like, trying to get there. And then I like you, I was like, this is so cool. I wonder if they're going to be several different stealth missions like this and i really liked it i loved the the whole vibe i love the aesthetic it was kind of creepy that it was like this like the lead up to it how you have to go through these really strange like like rock formations and then you there's all these frogs that i still don't know if they're they have any purpose all of those stone frog statues and it's like the upside down symbol like the whole thing is just cool to me i really like it um and i love that there are these really scary um, enemies that will just kill you immediately, but they also um, are really goofy, which I which I enjoy. And so I just, um, yeah, I really liked it. I feel like it struck a nice balance between feeling like stressful, but also sort of enjoyable. And if you get caught, it's like, you know, it's doable. You know what you need to do to, to get past them, but it still takes several tries. Um, a lot of people that I've talked to and that I've played the game with, like, don't, they don't like this part because they like that Breath of the Wild is so open and there's lots of different ways that you can do things. And this section feels like you're kind of shoehorned into a stealth mission. But I really enjoy that. I think that stealth missions in Zelda really function to add variety, even if it is a little bit forced. You know, it's in the same way that y the, the weapons break. I think that you, you know, you're forced to do these different things and it's not very long. It's different than the rest of the game. I, I found it really enjoyable. Yeah, I like what you said too. Like when you get caught, it's not like it's not like you're immediately done for. You can kind of wiggle your way out of that situation, which I, I like as well. So it's kind of like a, a nice middle ground between like you can fight off the enemies or you're just caught instantly and have to restart. So yeah, I, I really like that actually. Yeah, I I would agree with that too. I when I first played this section, I kind of like hated it because I was so terrible at it. But I think 
based on what you guys are saying, that it's definitely based on your experience in Breath of the Wild, how you view the Yiga. Because if you're doing it first, and you're seeing, you know, Master Koga first, and um, you kind of realize how goofy the whole organization is, the rest of the Yiga throughout the game is just pretty much, like, it doesn't feel as imposing as where I, mm -hmm. when I played it, I did Naboris last. It kind of feels like Nintendo wanted you to do Naboris last, even though Breath of the Wild is very open and you could do it however you want. But I think they designed it that way because the more you uh, defeat the Divine Beast before defeating Master Koga, the more threatening the Yiga get. Like, at first it's just the Travelers and you can decide to talk to them and they attack you. Um, and then you defeat a divine beast and they start popping up. You defeat another one and the travelers actually talk to you without you talking to them and attacking yeah. you. And then you beat yeah. another one and there's even more popping up. And then you beat Koga and they're just attacking you wherever you go. So it just kind of depends, I think, on your experience in Breath of the Wild, how they feel. I felt they were very imposing until I got to Koga and I realized how goofy they were. And I love mm. the Koga fight. I think it was, I, uh. I, I think it's hilarious. I mean, you a lot of people when they think about you know cults and stuff they kind of think that it's so outrageous and stuff like that but to these people that are in them it's just so real for them so it feels goofy to us but to them it was very real <laughs> so oh, uh, i'm getting off topic though like the stealth section i really liked it as well with what adriel is saying it's like it kind of forced you to do something like that in Breath of the Wild, even though it's supposed to be open, I like that they had those sections, you know, to kind of bring you back to the Zelda formula that we all love. Um, I sucked at it at first, but now I can just breeze through it. So I, I have a, a good time every time I go through there. So, Yeah, I, I wonder, um, I mean, what about the fight don't you like? Because to me, I th not to get off topic, but I do think that the, the payoff is kind of part of the stealth mission, especially when you're playing it again for the second or third or fourth time. Because if you know that there's going to be this big imposing fight, it feels a lot more sort of scary and, you know, mysterious. But it's true when you go back and you play it and you realize that all that's waiting for you is this, like, weirdo at the end. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, it does change how you view it. So is that is that part of why you don't like it? Uh, you know, I I think I just wanted a little bit more of a menacing villain, and you know, Koga is is obviously not that. He's mm. like you're fighting this pot-bellied dude who just kind of he's he's like the goofy part of Zant, but yeah. without the menacing part of Zant. And like, I don't give a lot of love to Twilight Princess on the show, but I think that Zant is is pretty cool in the way that like he is kind of like I think that they present him as unhinged. But, like, it's scary that he's unhinged, right? Like, totally, Koga totally. was just kind of, like, he was just kind of a, a goof. He was kind of a, he was like my uncle, like, mm -hmm. dressed up in, in Yiga clan. <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, I love the Yiga as, like, an arc. Um, like, as a, well, maybe not as an arc, but as a concept. I think that it's a really cool uh, idea. Um, yeah. And the whole game is, like, so high drama. It's very, like... Zelda's crying and the voice act. I mean, the whole thing is very high drama, and so I didn't. I didn't feel like it needed anything else besides, like, I, I didn't feel like he had to be any more high drama than the rest of the game already was. But I do think that it lowers the stakes of the stealth section, and I I agree. I love Zant's creepiness. I I played Twilight Princess for the very first time this year. I'd oh, never wow. played it before, and I was just like, this dude 
I can't. Like, he's too creepy. And I was actually really disappointed when he ended up being sort of a, like a joker. Not a joker, but like he was he, he was funny. He's and a kind puppet. Of, yeah. And yeah. I, I, I didn't like that. But I, I agree that I really liked like the initial um, the initial development of him. And I kind of wish. Yeah. Now that you say that, I wish that uh, maybe the Yiga had taken that kind of a turn. Uh, re clear your calendar because we are going to do a show in a couple weeks about your experiences playing Twilight Princess for the first time in, in oh, 2020. Yes. I <laughs> I am fired up about that. I can't yes. wait to do that. Uh, cool. Okay, let's let's move on because we have uh, a lot more sections to cover here. Uh, I'm going to bring this one up really briefly because I feel like chances are good that I'm the only one that's played this particular section. Spirit tracks at the very beginning of the game uh, <laughs> when you're escorting Princess Zelda out of Hyrule Castle. Uh, Adriel, have you played Spirit Tracks? Nope. It's hard no. Hard no? Okay. Now, Allison, I know that that's one of the ones that you haven't, right? Right. Yep. No, I haven't played it. Okay. So, uh, as far as stealth goes, this actually isn't, like, the absolute worst. Um, it's, it's simple. It's, again, you're, you're escorting Princess Zelda out of Hyrule Castle so that she can go and, uh, sneak on the train with you. It's, it's fairly inoffensive and it comes at the beginning of the game, um, I do remember, and I'm not going to go in depth any more than that because it's been a minute since I last played Spirit Tracks, but I do remember thinking at the time when I was playing it, like, this actually isn't too bad. I, I came into Spirit Tracks with the idea in my head that, like, uh, this is this has got those DS controls and it's going to stink like Phantom Hourglass does. And, <laughs> you know, it, it make no mistake, Spirit Tracks does. But at this particular time in the game... I was just like, okay, maybe maybe this isn't too bad. So, um, it also helps that Zelda in Spirit Tracks is a very charming character. But um, yeah, this was a nice kind of uh, almost like an update on the Ocarina of Time escaping the castle guards. So it was kind of cool, and you can control Zelda too, which is which is kind of nice. But um, yeah, that, I guess that's enough about Spirit Tracks. Uh, <laughs> let's move on and let's talk about another uh, very iconic. Uh, segment that I, I actually had trouble uh, believing that I forgot about but um, Elden Volcano in Skyward Sword when I was compiling my list of, of stealth sections I was just like uh, I think Allison or Re one of you said like oh yeah what about Elden Volcano and I couldn't for the life of me remember what it was and I had to go and look it up and I was just like oh wow I, I completely forgot about this and I think I did because like to me I was thinking about the, the Silent Realm which will uh, which we'll get to in a bit, but this is another really fun kind of a, a stealth segment too, and it's it's kind of a, a nice one because this one is firmly on the side of like if you get caught, it's just like a huge brawl and it's like a free for all rather than you have to start over, which is kind of fun. Yeah. So I like it, Allison. I know that you're like this. This is probably right up your wheelhouse. What do you think about this? I think you'll be surprised by my answer, but I do not like I don't like the Pokemon Camp. <laughs> I mean, it's okay. Like, the concept is good, It the stealth is there, it's just that it's in that part of the game that I really have a hard time getting. It's that hump that's the momentum killer, and I don't like being there. <laughs> totally. I don't know what else to say about it. Like, you're forced to do this stealth, and it's actually quite a long segment of, like, time. And you have to get all your items back, you have to avoid the Bogoblins, you have to crawl in the dirt. And I just, I don't, I don't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jeez. 
Um, now let me ask you a question. Does you does your speedrunning influence this uh, particular dislike? Because I'm assuming, like, this is when you're getting the, hero, or the song of the hero, so I'm assuming that most of the time when you've been playing this in the last couple of years, it's probably in one sitting towards the end. Is that Am I correct? Yes and, uh, like, yes and no. Yes, it gets really annoying for speedrunning, but I never liked it even when I was playing casually because even when you're playing this game casually, the song of the hero feels like it's too long. Okay. Okay. Uh, what do you think, Ree? Um, you know, I like this one. But it sort of is middle of the road, but I, I think that at this point in the game, it, it's annoying to have all of your stuff taken away, and it's sort of annoying to like it's it is in that part of the game. As we're talking, I'm realizing that so much of what makes these stealth sections work is where they are in the game, which I suppose is different for Breath of the Wild because it's you know it, everybody plays it differently. But I do think that the where this is in the game, it's just you you suddenly are like, okay, we're doing this now. Like now we're not doing what I thought we were gonna do. I have to do this whole thing and crawl around and get my things. And I mean, it's just yeah, I I do feel like it's mechanically it's fun. It's an enjoyable experience, but it isn't what I want to be doing at that point in the game. And so I find it a little bit less fun kind of it's i guess the opposite of how i feel about the forsaken fortress at the beginning of wind waker because um maybe this is an unpopular opinion but i do like i like that it's at the beginning because you're just sort of thrown into the action you're a little kid you're like i have to hide from these things it just is it's uh it feels exciting and um even on repeat repeat playthroughs of wind waker i enjoy that part but this part of skyward sword i'm always a little like okay well it's fine it's fine I have to do this now. Wow, no love at all for this section. Okay, well, let's, you know, I, I mentioned it, but let's dive right into it. Some people love these segments. A lot of people hate them. Um, let's talk about the Silent Realms from Skyward Sword. <laughs> I am in the camp that I absolutely love these sections. And I guess, like, they're not they're not exactly stealth, but I feel like they're, they're close enough that it counts. We're like... Um, with each new, um, with each new, what is it? What are they? Tears, Allison? Yeah, I think that you collect. I, I'm yeah. pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure they're tears. With each new tier, they might not be. I might just be thinking of Twilight Princess, but whatever. Um, with each new tier that you collect, uh, you, you're given. I want to say it's like an extra sixty or ninety seconds or something like that of silent time before all of the guards wake up. So it's like. You, you have to, like, go, 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 and, you know, there's all that goop lying around where if you step Oof. on it, it sets off the alarms. This is, like, the most stressful, like, segment, I guess, in a Legend of Zelda game that, that really I can is. think of. Like, like, nothing gives me more anxiety than trying to collect all the, all the different tiers and make sure that the Guardians don't wake up and clobber me um, to death. I, <laughs> like, and I know that people don't like these sections and i i can actually totally see why people don't like them um because you have to start basically from the beginning every time that you get caught and uh it can be definitely a pain and there are what are there there i think there's four of the four different sections right yes there it's are like four you you have to do it once twice three times four so i i definitely get why people don't like them but man i like i just think that they're so intense and they're so like uh, the the feeling is just palpable of like the danger in the air. I like I love this particular segment, and I think that like it, it's not exactly stealth, but it gets across everything that 
your average stealth segment wants to get across, but just in an even a more intense way. Um, am I am I crazy here? What do you guys think about the uh, the Silent Realms? I don't think you're crazy at all. So this is the complete opposite <laughs> for me from the Book of Blink camp. I love the Silent Realms just because of how like everything you said. It's terrifying. Like even doing it for the millionth time, it's terrifying. The music is scary. They have this way of like making everything shake and stuff when the uh, guardians are coming after you. You could also mm-hmm. see this kind of like pulsing in the side of the screen for where like as the closer they get to you, the the darker and the bigger the pulse gets, and it's it's terrifying, but I, it's yeah. like exhilarating at the same time. And I just think that I think like I love that it. I know a lot of people don't like it, and I don't. I I honestly don't know why, because I feel like it's something that you don't experience in Zelda games a lot, and I I find it fascinating and awesome, and I totally think it's a stealth, because if you can't find a tear, or if you accidentally step in the 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 waking water, whatever it's called in Skyward Sword, you like you have to run to the next tier or else get caught, and it's scary. I love it. Yeah, it's super scary. It's like I, I I like it because I don't like it. Like it's very uncomfortable to do, but I enjoy that it's that the game makes me do that because otherwise I mean, like I'm I'm playing Skyrim right now and Al I know you said you really like Skyrim. I love and, Skyrim. But, but part of what is like boring about Skyrim sometimes is that you can just use the same weapons over again. You can do the same. You're not pushed necessarily to do really uncomfortable things. Like the Silent Realm is so uncomfortable, and you don't want to do it. Like no one's gonna just choose to do this. But it's it's enjoyable because when you're finished, you're like, okay, like I grew a little bit. I'm a little bit older after that. <laughs> Let's like move on, you know. But yeah, it's it's super enjoyable. And talk about high stakes. Like it is very high stakes it's so scary it's so scary every time (laughs) yeah it's uh it's very very scary uh you know i i can see why people don't like it though kind of like what you were saying earlier adriel where like you're you're forced to do the segment that you don't necessarily want to do like i think that that is true in in skyward sword as well as it's true in breath of the wild so like i i can see why people don't like it but man the, the the adrenaline rush that you get when you do this it's just so like there's nothing like it really else in the series like it's just so intense both when you're when you're sneaking around and when those guardians are chasing after you because like the maybe the best feeling is that you know when you when you've woken them up and they're after you and you run away and you manage to make a successful escape and find another tier totally and, like, then you're just like okay now like now everything's back to normal and i i haven't messed it up yet and i can still salvage this so i I love that about the Silent Realms. They're actually like, I think a highlight to me of Skyward Sword, and uh, you know that's that's saying something because I think that there's a lot of really fantastic things in Skyward Sword. Um, so, that being said, let's move on and let's talk about another stealth section in the Zelda series. Let's uh, swing back to Majora's Mask and uh, let's talk about the Deku Palace. This is another kind of small stealthy segment. But um, I think that I think that this one is is mostly fine. It, to me, this one feels like kind of a it feels like kind of a, a take on the Ocarina of Time um, Hyrule Castle stealth segment, where mm-hmm. you're it, you're kind of doing the same thing. You're sneaking through and you're trying to to get an audience with the the king in this particular case. And uh, you know it's not particularly challenging. There's not 
a lot of different rooms, but um, I do like how in the 3D version they added in the flying platforms and stuff like that and made it a little bit harder, or at least for me, because you have the... Uh, the, um, the, the Deku Nuts being shot at you, it seems like, and they, they hit you at the worst opportune times. Um, and it's cool, too, that you have to do this in, uh, in a different form when you're the Deku Scrub. So this one is, like, you know, it's, it's, pretty, it's pretty inoffensive to me. It's, it's not the best. It's not the worst. I, I'm going to be honest. I actually forgot about this one before I was uh, looking into all the cell sections. But looking back to it, like, I, I do think that this one is a, is a nice little section, and it gets you ready for you know, what you're going to be doing later at the Pirate Fortress. Yeah, I find this one sort of annoying, but, like, it's fine. Like, I guess I'm just bad at it, and I always have to do it a bunch of times, and then the music, and I get sick of the music, and then I have to mute the whole thing. It's just, <laughs> I don't like it very much, but, you know, you got to do it, so it's fine. There's a nice little piece of heart in there, too, actually, as a, as a little yeah. bit of a reward. So that's, like, yeah. it's kind of like a cherry on the, uh, on the cupcake, as it were. Uh, yeah. I don't remember the N64 version, so I can't I can't attest to the it changing that much in the 3DS version. But I did play it recently for our Majora's Mask uh, episode, so I do like it. It's not. It's kind of funny to talk about it after talking about something so intense as Silent Realms. <laughs> it's yeah. just not as it's <laughs> like it's just kind of there, and you do it. I like the Thank You Palace music though, so. Even though I yeah. fail at that section a lot, just like you said, Adriel, I, I actually like the music, so I'm like, eh, <laughs> I'm not heartbroken. I'll just keep going. <laughs> I love that music. I think it slaps. The, yeah. the Deku Palace theme. Hard oh, same. that's great. Yeah. Yo, it's it's cool until I have to listen to it for like an hour because I'm so bad at that section. Like, I don't know what's <laughs> up, but I'm bad at that section. It's, I've <laughs> never been good at it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's pretty forgettable, though, I mean, comparatively speaking to um, to everything else that we've kind of talked about here. Uh, let's talk about a section that, to me, is not forgettable at all, actually. One of my more low-key favorite sections, depending on your surroundings playing it. Um, Adriel, have you ever played Four Swords Adventures? No, unfortunately, I haven't. I know that I, there's a lot of love for it, you know? There, there's definitely a lot of love. I have a lot of love for Four Swords Adventures, and there is one particular level. Um, I think it's in World 2 or 3 or something like that, um, and it's called Infiltrating Hyrule Castle. And basically what you and your four companions have to do is uh, make your way through the, the moat and the surrounding area of Hyrule Castle and avoid the spotlights that are being, um, you know, they're shining around you everywhere. And the second that it hits you, you are thrown in jail. Mm -hmm. So this one, this one is this one is pretty fun when you're playing solo, but when you're playing with friends, this is on a whole other level. There's nothing quite <laughs> like trolling your your buddies and throwing them into the spotlight, even though it means all of you have to go back and restart from the beginning, and you all, you're all thrown in jail. There's nothing quite like playing the heel and throwing someone <laughs> directly in that spotlight and hearing people just be like. Andy, what's the matter with you? And starting all over again. There's it gives me a rush that that by God I just love. Allison, did we play this level together? You know, I have this big cheesy grin on my face. <laughs> <laughs> I always wind up playing this level at the marathon. And let me tell you guys, 
the people that I played this game with are not serious about this game at all. And one of those people is definitely Andy Spiteri. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, as much fun as I find it, I know that we are on a timetable for the marathon. So I'm like, okay, we need to get through this level. Stop throwing me in the spotlight. <laughs> but at the same time, it's so much fun to, like, sabotage each other. And then somebody gets hit by the spotlight and you're all throwing crap at him because he won't do what everybody else is trying to do. <laughs> and, like, I can imagine it's a lot easier to do in a solo uh, race. It is. Yeah, yeah, because you're not, like, you're not, there's not three other people that you can't really control. But... Um, in the sense that you're just having a good time, it's such a funny, fun level to do. Like this, there, there's no stealth involved at all because everybody's terrible at it. Oh, so awesome. I enjoy it, but it would be fun to kind of try it solo to see how um, how it actually is supposed to be. Well, you know, the thing about playing it solo is that like all of your links are basically in a line whereas obviously when you're playing with four people your links are wherever on the screen right like they're <laughs> right. wherever they control so like um for example getting past a particular like spotlight would require four different motions from all these players and you'd have to perform all four of them per like correctly whereas if you're playing solo you just have to do it once and like all of your links like will follow directly behind you so like it's a lot easier but the true joy of playing this level is when you when you were playing with people that are like so frustrated with you and they're like <laughs> they're not even having fun and they're like i'm i'm thinking about our pal josh over yeah there, so me too <laughs> and he was just like he was starting to get really mad at me and i was like the more mad that he got the more i would try and like throw him off stuff and like into the spotlight <laughs> or whatever and eventually he just like picked me up and carried me for almost the entirety of the level which was which is oh really God. great. So I have really fond memories of this That's particular awesome. <laughs> stealth mission. <laughs> All right, let's move on and let's uh, let's get into some Breath of the Wild. There's actually a plethora of uh, different like stealth missions and shrine quests and stuff that you can do um, in Breath of the Wild. The one that I wanted to start with is, um, I think it's the Lost Pilgrimage is the shrine quest name. And this is where you have to follow that little Korok in the lost woods and it is awful i hated oh, right, this playing it right. i was he he caught me like probably five times um <laughs> i and i i always felt like i was so far away from this little korok dude and he still turned around and he saw me i hated playing this you know <laughs> the lost woods are very creepy in this game they look uh very ominous very ghost-like but i was like i was so over this particular segment by the end of it and i was like you know when you're just like when you're playing a game and you get caught and you're just like oh i messed up i deserve to be caught i i kept on feeling like i did not deserve to be caught at this uh, particular moment here like yeah. there's no way that he can see me so i was getting fired up playing this i i did not have a very good time doing this particular shrine quest uh do you guys remember this one what about you adriel uh yeah i remember i remember this one and i also was like yo i'm so far away like what I, there's no <laughs> way he sees me like what he's right? does he have like in insane like night vision like what's going on <laughs> like this makes no sense um so yeah i do remember that i, I don't think i got caught five times but i uh, i like miraculously made it through like pretty quickly and i was like thank you i'm so happy that's over but um but yeah it was a um <laughs> I was glad that I got through it pretty fast. 
Oh. I don't like. Yeah, I, I can't believe that you didn't get caught. Yeah. More I, than more than I did. I don't like any of the shrine quests, to be honest, in the Lost Woods, especially this one. <laughs> I agree. Yeah, he like, like sees you. He sees you like out of nowhere it's so dumb and then there's always this the, the dude looks through walls <laughs> <laughs> there's always this particular two particular points i can think of after he goes through the log he sees a ghost and he runs back so you have to be careful coming out of that log and then after a point in the log when you're really close to the end there are wolves that always attack you so if you're not careful in trying to get them off your back because they're circling you and attacking you he will notice you um fighting them because he can hear you so I got caught a million times too. Like it's just stupid. I, it's one of those where they force <laughs> you to do stealth that is not fun and nobody wants to do it. Yeah, I feel like no, it. Like yeah, this, it could have been more fun. At like if if there was like I don't know. There's it's so creepy in there, right? Like maybe if your job was to like kind of silently protect him, which I think is sort of the the vibe. That's what they set it up to be. They're like, oh well, you need to like go and make sure he's. Um, you know, safe or something, uh, like his cousin or some somebody wants you to go and check on him and watch him, but you don't really have to, like, save him from anything terribly, like, scary. It, like, I don't know, I feel like that could have been a really interesting, like, element if you're, like, this sort of, um, I don't know, like, you're behind the scenes kind of saving this, like, poor little Korok from something really frightening, because the, the, the Lost Woods, like, are really creepy and scary, but it just, like, did not hold up to it, and then it was just like, ah. Uh, gotta do this again to like hold up this guy's ego so that he thinks he's going by himself like what is this yeah it, it was it was not the best shrine quest in breath of the wild by any means i like i actually i agree with you allison i didn't like any of the lost woods um shrine quests uh, at all um and you know it looked creepy it looked great but that was that was probably one of my least favorite parts of the breath of the wild world yeah. was just being in that lost woods area you know despite all the cute little Koroks everywhere. I didn't have the most fun in the Lost Woods. Um, let's shift gears. Let's talk about uh, another kind of stealthy quest from Breath of the Wild. It is the Crowned Beast side quest, which is actually a pretty cool one. This is another one that I again had forgotten about, but uh, when I was when I was looking it up, I was just like, oh yeah, like this this was pretty fun. Um, basically, you get you get a mission from Cass, and you have to go and tame. Um, uh, this crowned beast and he's like this big badass looking looking deer with like this cr this wicked antlers on him that kind of look mm -hmm. like this bone crown it looks it's really cool actually um and it's like the actual the actual mission itself it's nothing that we haven't done before you're just sneaking up and and mounting and taming uh a horse as you would any other in the game but i think that the the visual of like the the beast alone i thought that it looked really cool it made it worth it for me I think that's fair. Yeah, I actually forgot about this until you brought it up. But um, for, yeah, for what it was, it was kind of cool and it was different. You know, I kind of like the idea that you got to uh, tame different kind of beasts like a bear and the, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, the Lord of the Mountain and, and the deer. So, yeah, it was cool. It was different. It wasn't like you were trying to find another horse to tame. And the visual of it was pretty cool. And the spot that it's at, the the um, area in the in Hyrule that it's at, is really beautiful. It's like one of my favorites. So I, I agree. I like that part. This yeah, I, do you guys, I do love you guys this ever one. tame any bears? I did once. I never did. One time. Yeah, I did. I did one. 
I did one. I was never very good at taming the animals. Like I was just not good at it. I don't know what my problem was, but I would have, s uh, this quest took me so long to do, but I really enjoyed it because it was like, okay, I would like sneak up behind the deer and like try to be super, super quiet. It would always see me and then it would like turn around. It was, and I also like, riddles always sort of creep me out i think that i always i think i read the hobbit like at a very impressionable time <laughs> and then like riddles in the dark like it, they just always That's are creepy fantastic. and so i when he's when Cass like sings this song about the crown like a crown of bone i was like oh, like what could that possibly mean and i was like playing it with like one of my friends and they were like it's a deer like it's a deer <laughs> it's nothing it's just a deer um but so I was like, oh, like I thought I'd have to find this like freaky monster, which like later it's like a beautiful monster, but totally different thing, Lord of the Mountain. But yeah, this section was, was really fun. I really liked it. Um, Allison, you mentioned it earlier. Let's talk about it now. The Lord of the Mountain. Uh, I actually have, uh, I have some pretty post-traumatic memories of you trying to tame this thing in your 24-hour awareness stream oh uh, about a month ago, <laughs> and you, you couldn't do it for, like, the entire day. You couldn't tame this thing, but uh, no, I, I think that, like, it's not a quest, and it's not, like, anything that you have to do, but it is really hard to do, um, and, and I think that it's, like, it's just, the Lord of the Mountain himself is just, he's so cool looking. He looks like he's straight out of, like, princess mononoke and mm -hmm. uh i always really liked it for that i i tamed him once just to say that i could and just to say that i did uh, you know you don't really get anything for it it's not even that it's not even that satisfying to me to ride him around but uh, because i i'd like i like to think of him as like this free kind of a creature but yeah i i really thought that this was just like a really cool like a really cool sequence to to, to see him like sneak up and try and get close to him so um not not stealth per se but i thought it warranted mentioning yeah he was like my my white whale through the whole time playing it i was like i can't what's gonna happen so it was like a little bit of a letdown when i was like okay like nothing happens when i get <laughs> when i actually can ride the thing but it was like this thing whenever i would see the blue light i was like all right we got to go back there like we got to do it got to stop what we're doing and go back to the mountain and try to sneak up on the thing so yeah it was um yeah i i really enjoyed it even though i kind of wish something something else happened that's fair yeah um for the for the 24 hour stream i never realized how hard it was to get the beacon delight the beacon of satori mountain as i like to call it um it just like no matter how many days I made past, it wouldn't light up because my task was to get the Lord of the Mountain, but I couldn't do it. But and it's funny <laughs> that you say like from Princess Mononoke, I actually think of of him as like from the spirit world from Avatar. But Andy doesn't know about the Avatar too much, so never mind. And I did watch one episode. Okay, fair. <laughs> but you still wouldn't know much about the spirit world, anyways. Um, I agree that it's kind of, like, anticlimactic, but I think that that's fine for what it is. Like, it's just a spirited animal that you're not really supposed to have. Like, kind of like Andy said, it's supposed to be free. But it's kind of yeah. interesting when you take it around and talk to people while you're on it. And people, like, freak out and they're super superstitious about it. Yeah. And so that's kind of cool. Like, the fact that you actually got to ride this, this mount is, is pretty cool. But... I think it's fine for what it was. It wasn't like a huge letdown. It was just kind of a cool thing to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And I like the backstory of that. It's like, you know, a, it's a 
um, I don't know, a representation or a tribute to, you know, someone who worked on the game. I think that's really nice. Yeah. Um, we would probably be remiss if we were, uh, if we did not bring up talking about Stealth and Breath of the Wild that um, this is the first game where you can actually get like some cool stealthy clothes and it feels like a natural extension of all the different things that you can do in Breath of the Wild but I was I was a big fan the first time that I saw it and like you get basically you get Sheik's outfit from uh, Ocarina of Time and you can you can put it on and your footsteps are a lot lighter and you you just are able to sneak around a lot quieter um, again feels very natural uh, in, in especially in the direction that Breath of the Wild was going but man I, I loved that I would love to see more like different stealth outfits in Breath of the Wild 2 like because I did I liked uh, I liked the stealth outfit but it wasn't my favorite so I always like kind of put on other clothes but I would always want to be stealthy like if I could just pick one kind of ability I know there's some that let you climb faster or whatever stealth would be my go-to but so I do hope that like maybe in Breath of the Wild 2 you can maybe create some some clothes or some armor or something and you can kind of customize what properties go into that but um yeah uh, shout out to the to the stealth armor in breath of the wild that would be cool kind of customizing something that you like to wear to have the uh, attributes that you want it to have because i was totally that person that wanted to climb and run faster but uh i agree that the uh the sheikah outfit is really cool i like that they incorporated it in um the new smash bros um and yeah i think it looks really cool in the new smash bros and yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that it makes you a little bit quieter and that you could also couple it with um, with um, some stealthy foods to make you even more quieter. It helps you to tame beasts, helps you to sneak attack on some unsuspecting sleeping bokoblins. But yeah, it wasn't my favorite, but I, I liked it. It was cool. It was a really cool concept. Yeah, I like how it looked. I wore that one all the time, so it's just... Sleek, Feel like a ninja, kind of yeah, like kind of minimalist, androgynous, sort of like I, I really liked it. Yeah, I'm I'm like a sucker. I, I'm always wearing like the traditional either champion's tunic or like the the tunic of the wild. I just uh, I have a hard time playing in like anything that's not like the the hero garb or whatever. You know, I'm totally the same. <laughs> but I, yeah, I hope that you can create some new stuff in um, in Breath of the Wild too that you can mix and match properties with. Uh, so we will wait and see what that looks like. Um, you guys will not have to wait much longer to ask your questions over on Facebook. That is at the Champions Cast Facebook page. We are having a Facebook AMA episode next week. So by God, get over to, to the Champions Cast over on Facebook. It'll be linked in the description of this episode. Like the page, give it a follow, and interact with uh, all three of us on the show right now over there. We'll all be able to uh, to see and answer you and uh you know we want we want your questions for the show so make sure that you uh, head on over there uh adriel thank you so much for joining us today is there anything that you want to plug before we get on out of here it's been such a pleasure i'm so happy that i got to be on the show i'm a long time listener started helping you guys out um these guys are awesome so thanks for having me i appreciate that uh and uh get ready because we're going to be we're going to be talking about twilight princess with you and, and getting your your first timer picks because now <laughs> yeah. now that i know that you played it for the first time this year you know that i'm i'm going to be all over you for that oh yeah uh, that's going to do it for us for this week we are going to uh, to get on out of here of course we want you to head on over to podbean itunes spotify wherever you get your podcast go like and subscribe to the champions cast and follow us on facebook 
That's right, one last plug for Facebook. Uh, we are over there now. Get your questions in. Uh, check us out over on Twitter. I am at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. Re, do you have Twitter? I don't have Twitter. I'm sort of a Luddite in that way, but I am on the Discord, so I'm around. Come and say hi. Uh, come and say hi on the Champions Cast uh, Zelda Dungeon Discord or even on the Virtual Theater Discord where uh, Adriel is a part of as well. Um, that is going to do it for us. Until next week, guys, we will see you then with your uh, Facebook questions. Can't wait for those. Talk then. Thank you.